This is the Epilogue audio experience. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Eureka Moment. I'm your host, Suchita. We have been going slightly slow on uh, our podcast uh, so that we can get you the best of innovations that's happening around. So today we have uh, this amazing couple based out of Surat, India, whose startup Sparkle was invited uh, at the 2019 Tech Crunch as one of the most innovative startups. Uh, what they actually do is they transform banana stem agro waste into sustainable sparkle sanitary pads and um, which we found very innovative and they actually do it from the scratch right from patenting their idea to you know inventing the machines to you know getting the product out there so let's go and chat with uh, the brilliant Hetal and Chirag on how do they manage to do it and what are the future plans uh, with the startup Hi, Hetal and Chirag. Welcome to our podcast, The Eureka Moment. Thank Hi. you for having us. Hi. Yes. Okay, you know, I, I found this uh, note about your startup, uh, Sparkle, about natural sanitary pads that's made from banana fiber. And I thought that was such an exciting innovation. And uh, specifically because Hetal is a chartered accountant and uh, Chirag, you are an engineer. So right. how did... this innovation come about like when you when you guys decided this is the route that you wanted to take for your startup which we're going to come to later how did the very idea of this come across let me start as a regular user of sanitary pads over a few years so i experienced actually skin issues while using the uncomfortable pads from commercial brands and uh, i did some research and realized that plastic and other harsh chemicals that present in the pads might be the main reason for having this health issues and uh, i was searching for uh, the alternative ways of natural like alternative uh, products available that's natural sanitary pads right uh, at the same time chirag actually was also looking for the natural and sustainable ways for disposing agro waste speaking of the agro waste right so uh, i come from family of farmers so my grandfather is still a farmer and we have our own banana plantation and uh, uh, even uh, when we talk about myself as well as uh, in india if we talk about farming there is uh, 800000 hectares of banana plantation and uh, the way banana plant works is you know the once you harvest the bananas you know every 9 to 12 months the mm-hmm. stem or the plant becomes agro waste so in india there is 64 million tons of agro waste that is generated every year and what usually uh, farmers do is they burn the stems you know after the harvest so mm-hmm. uh, this cause causes a lot of pollution and then there is millions of tons of agro waste that is just being wasted so we thought okay what can we do to uh, convert this uh, agro waste and transform it into a sustainable raw material and uh, it turns out that banana fiber has this property of being uh, naturally super absorbent you know so we thought how can we utilize this property and uh, coming from the engineering background you know i tried uh, to see what other alternatives we can do from this banana fiber itself so we uh, the r&d started at the farm itself like uh, i can tell you in the beginning uh, we were spending months at a farm which is like 3 hours from the city as well so mm. uh, we actually developed the whole machine to transform the banana stem into banana fiber and then we used that as a central core for the absorbent uh, uh, part of the sanitary pad that we have mm. so this this of course you did you guys did a lot of r&d on it what kind of r&d how much time it took and till the time the final product that you guys thought that this is going to work in the market the final napkin it took around 2 2 years actually when we decided yes let's 
start with this uh, sanitary napkin let's make natural sanitary napkin from banana fiber and mm. uh, chirag actually developed the first and second version of the sanitary pads but uh, i had uh, many question about it and i just asked him to change it uh, in terms of the size and from the comfort level as well so mm. absorbent wise the pad was perfect but i just want to make it more uh, user friendly so i asked him to change it little bit and then he came up with the third version and we gave it to 100 women to try that and just to get their uh, honest feedback and mm. the product available in the market is a fourth edition of it's a fourth yeah. uh, version of uh, from when we started Starting, you know so uh, after you know speaking to many women getting their feedback and improvement after improvement after improvement so uh, comfort wise size wise and uh, absorbency wise so everything it took kind of a, a two year journey and uh, four four different uh, variations so it's been yes. a, a long journey two year journey and four different variants and uh, did you guys patent it once you sort of innovated yes, so, this so uh, yeah yeah so in terms of the machines we uh, designed the machine from scratch so we have a, a one first patent which is uh, for the machine itself that transforms mm-hmm. the banana stem into banana fiber because conventional machines that we have because we are trying to look at it as a problem that we can uh, uh, scale it at a grand scale you know if we want to apply it to across india so the uh, current machines that are there in the market you know the manual fiber extraction machine they have a lot of limitations like i mean in terms of labor in uh, labor uh, as well as safety so we started off with whatever available was in the market and then we uh, started upgrading one step at a time one step at a time so now what we have is a fully automated machine so from one end you uh, put in the uh, raw stem and the other end you get the fiber so uh, with this machine i mean we uh, are actually getting a lot of inquiry about actually selling this whole machine as well uh, just for the purpose of fiber extraction so the first patent we have is for the fiber extraction transforming the agro waste into the fiber and then the second one is for the actual sanitary pads yes wow that's that's amazing and we're, and we're in the process of actually getting a third one as well but uh, once we file it I'll, I'll disclose yeah 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 researching it's a long journey yeah, yeah it's a continuous a new product as well for yeah. this yeah awesome so uh, wow so this is not just a, a, just a startup but actually an innovation first and then getting into the you know right, getting yeah, it out yeah. in the market so tell me uh, of course you guys took 2 years and four variants to get the product right mm-hmm. and then what did you do in terms of how did you decide because startup is like you know you need an infrastructure for it you need a team for it you need to reach out to the right people how did you guys strategize post you were happy with the product so while we had the fourth uh, product ready before even going to the market you know we mm. uh, there were many startup competition that we uh, applied to you know that this is something that we want to uh, disrupt the industry and speaking of disrupt there is a uh, in the us there is a tech crunch uh, competition i'm i'm sure uh, many uh, young startup it's a dream for them you know to actually launch the product uh, at the tech crunch disrupt in san francisco mm. so uh, we applied there and uh, we were actually one of the uh, five companies in health tech for 2019 that got selected so they invited us to be part of the 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 show and uh, that's where we uh, uh, had our soft launch so we introduced our product that this is what we have in the market and this is what we are uh, aiming to introduce to the market so that was a very uh, a small first victory that we had that okay uh, they uh, actually respected and they uh, appreciated the effort that we had put into for the last year and a half and mm-hmm. then after that uh, we in india we uh, started from our own savings so initial funding that we so even before that so from engineering as well as uh, her uh, accounting background i mean we had saved up around 100000 usd and then that is what we uh, started uh, uh, the whole r and d with 
and then in in uh, december is when we launched the product uh, mainly through off- online channel so we have our own website we're selling it uh, to uh, direct to consumer model and then we also have it uh, uh, we're selling it through amazon as well so um, uh, this is the primary channel of uh, uh, distribution that we are going with and mm-hmm. then uh, while we are uh, you know this is sales is one part of our business model the second uh, major area of uh, uh, our focus is awareness because when you look at uh, this uh, issue at a grand scale in india if we mm-hmm. uh, talk about this right uh, having alternative is one thing and then having accessibility affordability as well as uh, uh, how to uh, like knowledge about what other products are available in the market you know if you look at uh, indian penetration right Uh, mm-hmm. around 20 uh, for 20 to 25 so like one in six women have access to sanitary pads and so we have a long way to go so even at the first point for us is actually uh, letting young girls and you know even rural communities so awareness and letting people know that uh, this is what's available in the market which has up to 90% plastic conventional plastic pads i'm talking about and then mm-hmm. other harsh chemicals and then you have alternatives available that we and other many other eco friendly startups are uh, introducing so uh, the first challenge was how to get the sales and distribution channel right and d2c was the ideal uh, mode of uh, uh, entry for us uh, according to our understanding and then the second uh, major part was awareness so letting people know that these are the differences and this is why you should switch from conventional pads from health point of view from pollution plastic free uh, uh, vision that we have for a future uh, you know so uh, two to three areas we started to focus on first and then obviously while we're focusing on the two parts we also uh, started developing new other products uh, for the Uh, next uh, quarter next uh, third quarter and uh, so on great so chirag in terms of focusing and creating an awareness and a reach for your product and of course uh, also looking for funds to scale up what is the kind of team that you guys started building after that so so of course this right. happened in the year 2019 is when you actually came with the product out or was it 2017 No, no. Nineteen is when we had the product ready, ready right. for the market. I mean, we had the first prototype in 2017, but that yes. we could not go in the market with. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Haven rejected it, so it was no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the first, uh, you know, uh, uh, after engineering, I, I have an MBA as well. So uh, in terms of marketing, I am leading the team in terms of the product development as well as marketing. And uh, the first uh, person that we have uh, that is. you know we thought would be a good addition to our team was uh, you know getting the marketing right because this is uh, uh, getting the message across in terms of uh, uh, the branding and what values we represent in our vision so uh, the first uh, team member that we have is uh, uh, our in-house marketing uh, head and then we have two other people that are head of operations and then we have another team which is uh, in charge of the fiber extraction which is close to the banana belt so our team is at this point very small and then uh, while this being said we are the next uh, point we have is the uh, people uh, we are uh, introducing actually there are few investors that have approached us already and we are in talks with them in terms of how much uh, uh, equity and how much funding we are looking to raise because now the next step for us is installing a machine that is 700 2000 piece per minute because now we have the finished product ready we want to scale it up but uh, while that be, uh, is uh, in in progress the the next addition to our uh, team would be a board member who is familiar with the whole distribution matter because that is a big challenge because we will be taking the the most uh, you know leading companies in the world uh, which is uh, you know if you see in india and also overseas there are two to three companies that are leading the fmcg in terms of feminine product hygiene market as well as baby care market right so distribution is is a key in terms of getting the price right and reaching 
to the maximum number of people uh, at the uh, uh, right time and at affordable rates. So the first is marketing, then the distribution, and then uh, uh, the funding is already, uh, uh, we are actually in talk with uh, a few people. So right. things are going in the positive direction yes. uh, as we're hoping. Marketing, distribution, and funding, right. So tell me something, guys. When you actually went out in the market, you knew there would be challenges. One being that uh, there are other sanitary napkins in the same space, which is natural sanitary napkins. And of course, you have your bigger game players, your Whisper and your Stay mm-hmm. Free. Yeah, see, uh, uh, there are two ways of looking at this uh, this mm. challenge, right? I mean, uh, first way is is very uh, intuitive, which is you look at other eco-friendly players as your competitors. But actually, that is a very narrow vision. I mean, the more mm. eco-friendly players that are in the space, I mean, we will have a, a, a stronger presence in terms of a community of those who are supplying eco-friendly patch, right? Because we are uh, trying to uh, raise, first uh, issue for any eco-friendly startup would be to raise awareness, you know? So when you have dominant players that are already have a strong presence in the market that are selling that are non-biodegradable pads at a uh, even uh, more affordable rate so uh, more people we have uh, who are selling more startups we have that are selling eco-friendly pads that are actually it's good for the overall community that are selling eco-friendly pads now if you talk amongst eco-friendly uh, pads that are available in the market there are, again there are a few companies that uh, are doing amazing job in terms of uh, spreading awareness but at the same time there are many companies who are you know, importing pads from overseas, uh, China and other countries. And then uh, there are many companies who are also uh, uh, misinforming some customers as well, while uh, 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 saying 100% biodegradable compatible. So it is up to mm. the customer as well to uh, do their own research of uh, mm. asking the right question to the from the startups. Okay, if you're uh, claiming that you're selling 100% biodegradable compostable, what type of, uh, uh, you know, ingredients that are there that is... Uh, let's say adhesive, there is no adhesive in the world that is 100% biodegradable compostable, you know, so any company that claims hot melt adhesive, it's, you know, so these are the uh, a few areas that I uh, personally am passionate about. And when somebody, you know, is, you know, misinforming a customer, I can, uh, I get very upset, you know, so uh, a customer, it's up to the customer to, uh, even from this eco-friendly startups, you must uh, first ask them, you know, where the product is coming from what ingredients are being used exactly, not a vague answers. And the mm. top layer, bottom layer, every single layer has a, a few percentages, a few questions that are where The next awareness campaign that we're also uh, introducing is mainly about the, you know, uh, uh, exposing the misinformation. So the next, uh, for the month of February, uh, mid-February and March, we are uh, doing a lot of blogs, a video series in terms of what kind of question a customer should be asking, you know, uh, forget the conventional plastic pads, but also the companies who are supplying eco-friendly pads, you know, so uh, awareness is also as important uh, uh, in terms of who, from uh, who they're buying the eco-friendly pads as well as uh, conventional plastic pads. So uh, another uh, area I was saying, you know, the awareness is, is equally important, not just uh, how to use and uh, what to use, but when they are purchasing a pad which they think is biodegradable and compostable, they should also know what exactly goes inside. Mm. So this is how we are kind of uh, trying to, you know, uh, uh, lead the market in terms of just studying the information in the right way. Ah, awesome. Studying the information the right way. That's that's mm-hmm. brilliant, Chirag. How did you reach out to women? How do you make women more aware about this? Uh, uh, what is kind of, what is, what is the kind of uh, marketing uh, strategy that you guys are going to employ? Or are you already See, employing the, it? Yeah. So the yeah. first channel is obviously the more first and more most effective is social media. So we have the 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, we have Twitter, LinkedIn. So every uh, few days we have uh, a campaign that is uh, not just, you know, eco-friendly. We also have a campaign called Break the Taboo. So uh, it's like a, a talk normalizing the period, you know. So uh, through social media channels, we are doing a lot of campaigns. We're doing a lot of offline events as well. So exhibitions, uh, we're going to schools, local schools in Surat as well as uh, uh, many in rural communities as well, we are doing events with the gynecologists and stuff. So they go to different classes and they actually talk to girls. Okay, this is how you should talk about periods. And then once they uh, are okay talking about periods and pads, uh, you know, as naturally as they talk about any other topics, then we uh, start introducing. Okay, so once uh, this is the this is how the flow and everything works. And then there is uh, how to uh, what kind of alternatives you have available in the market. We just uh, introduce our product as this is one of the alternatives. There are many, but then you make the decision, you know, so offline marketing, because, you know, word of mouth still has its charm, you know, even in today's yes. social media. Yes. So uh, getting uh, the message across through social media gives you the uh, opportunity to reach the masses. But then when you go in person and you talk to uh, them face to face, it has its own effect, you know. So at this level, I mean, Surat area, because it's our home base, Surat Gujarat is our first uh, 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 city and state we are focusing on and then as we as our team grows we have many requests from uh, Bangalore we have many requests from Delhi that come to our school and uh, hold the seminar so as the team grows I think another person another good person uh, a good addition to our team would be uh, uh, a person uh, a head of communication who can outreach who can uh, you know be in charge of the awareness campaign as well so there, there are many areas of uh, awareness and then uh, uh, market reach we're looking into as well so online offline I think the combination would be ideal but the primary channel that we have right now, I think it would, we would say 70 to 80 percent right now is online and then 20 percent we are doing offline in terms of events and then exhibitions and uh, going to the schools and stuff. Absolutely. And uh, of course, um, as a startup, funds are always a challenge. So um, right now, I guess it's your own fund. It's bootstrapped. Uh, and mm -hmm. of course, you guys are intending to scale up. How are you sort of managing because that's a big, very big challenge for an entrepreneur to see, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the funds and manage the funds. Uh, what are your funding challenges at the moment since you're bootstrapped? Right. So the first, I mean, uh, initially uh, to start the uh, the journey from R and D and to have at least the first, you know, the the hardest part is to get uh, first five lakh pieces made, you know, because that is where you don't know which raw material that you are going to use. So you are uh, spending your time and resources for getting the suppliers, getting the uh, R&D done, getting the machines developed. So that part, uh, so far, I mean, initial uh, funding that we had has uh, sustained uh, to a point that we now have a, a business model that is not fully self-sustainable, but at least now we have some revenue that is coming in as well through online sales and through offline distribution as well. Uh, that like at the minimal scale that we have started. So uh, it's good to have some positive cash flow. So now in terms of funding, I mean, uh, luckily we have uh, uh, attracted the right people who have the same vision as, as us. So they funding, they mentioned that, okay, because when I say fully automated sanitary pad machine, it, it starts from, uh, you know, 300,000 US dollars to half a million to even it goes up to a million dollars. So, you know, so seven crore to 15 crore rupees. And that is for any startup is, is, is not possible, you know at early stage in the end. That is where mm -hmm. you need investors. So uh, mm -hmm. there, there have been an investor who is very positive and then they want to go ahead and 20, by the end of 2020, we uh, do hope to have a fully automated line. So having investors at the right time and the right place and then again, uh, uh, you know, getting the uh, equity part and everything. So this is the last, uh, next two months is we are going to finalize on uh, which direction we will take and then the funding round will we'll close our first funding round. So. Uh, that should uh, be a very uh, uh, big 
positive push to uh, where we need to go. And in terms of managing the resources right now, we're that's why I'm uh, pretty much working 16 to 18 hours a day, same as Hetal, you know, from the operation point of view. So we're trying to uh, do many roles ourselves. And I, I understand it's not healthy in the long run. I mean, I, I would like to, uh, uh, you know, distribute the workload. But I think as any entrepreneur will tell you, you know, initially, initial first few years, you kind of have to, uh, uh, that, I mean, gives you, I'm not complaining at all. I mean, it's exciting and I, I love doing it. But it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's part of a journey, you know, so uh, uh, the key uh, people that are making the decision is, is very few at this point. And then um, the more people that will add, you know, because that, that is the beauty of the uh, D2C model. You know, we have we don't have many people that are uh, that needs physical involvement in terms of distribution. We, uh, the order is, come, uh, is placed online and then uh, you kind of uh, deliver it. And, you know, you have third party players that kind of uh, so the whole support system that you have. Uh, so uh, right now it's a uh, low cost and high performance and then as we grow organically uh, we're hoping to expand our team and then once investor is on board then uh, I will definitely have presence in uh, most likely Mumbai as well mm. so uh, that is a uh, plan for the next uh, uh, few months and then if you talk about the next year and the next five so this year we're introducing another uh, ad which will be launch is uh, most likely as uh, at the same price point as, as a conventional plastic pad so at 999 we're hoping to launch uh, the next biodegradable version of sparkle pads and then uh, the next we're at, uh, while we uh, launched while we're in the process of launching the new affordable pad we're also uh, conducting R&D for uh, biodegradable baby diapers made from banana fiber which will be the first in the world as well so which we hope to launch in the next year uh, or so so uh, there's many new products that are uh, in process and then uh, new uh, variations of existing products as well as well as uh, new markets we aim to explore so india will be our primary focus uh, india market will be primary focus for 2020 and then uh, we're also in the process of uh, you know getting uh, required certification and uh, regulatory compliances we need for the us and the european uh, markets as well so overseas will be also uh, a big market that we would be looking into exploring and in terms of you know finding an investor um, mm. how do you guys approach investors do you approach them do they approach you as well at times and how do you sort of as you are heading towards scaling up how are you mm. going to take a decision that this is the investor that you know we should tie up with see luckily as i mentioned you know uh, first investor uh, approached us right at the tech crunch you know so yes. when we uh, uh, had the um, our startup so we had to uh, we, we had uh, an opportunity to, to represent our idea in front of like I think there was a crowd of two to three hundred people uh, who had paid to come to the tech crunch and most of them were investors so one of the first even before the product was launched in the market you know that, that's when we got our first offer but then we wanted to make sure that we get the valuation right so once we have the traction once customers uh, once we get some feedback from the customer and then the other investor luckily as well so even at this point you know our first focus was not to actually get the investor on board uh, the first focus was to get the product right and uh, getting into the market and then uh, getting to market at a price point which is uh, also affordable uh, to many people as well as it's not a sustainable operation for from our end as well you know so for the first years that's why we chose d2c an online model because the, the your expenses are very limited you know the first few months so and then the, another domestic investor. So there was a U.S. investor that approached us in the in TechCrunch, and then uh, investor from India has also they loved uh, uh, the uh, and the coverage that we are getting. You know, we we uh, we are very privileged to get the coverage from Forbes, uh, Your Story, even Yahoo.com. Uh, they have, they featured us on the homepage. So that is kind of uh, making uh, you know 
the information available to many many investors who are looking to invest into uh, a sustainable startups. You know, so uh, luckily it's been uh, we haven't really had a we haven't really had to go out to the investors. The investors found the idea and they loved uh, and they wanted to be part of it. So now it's uh, we are picking and choosing okay, who we want to go ahead with and who is uh, who are whose mission and vision are aligned with what we have in mind. Sure. And uh, tell me something. Uh, when it comes to sort of, of course, investors are approaching you. But what happens when an advice to a new startup, uh, for example, how do they put themselves out there to get noticed? What is the kind of uh, you know work that they should do? See, I'll tell you uh, what I did. You know, to uh, honestly speaking, so I, I, in terms of getting the word out, getting the idea out, I at least uh, pitched to uh, hundred uh, or more than hundred journalists. You know, so what I did, you know, I'll tell you my personal opinion. And mm-hmm. I just started, you know, so how do you get the idea across so that a lot uh, more people can see what you're doing? So what I did, I, I started reading blogs, okay, what people are doing in terms of uh, getting out there. So what they mentioned that, okay, you put, so we put biodegradable sanitary pads in Google. I went through 20 pages of Google and see who is covering this story, you know. I mm-hmm. approached every single journalist who has uh, written an article in the last five years approach every single journalist, okay, this is the startup that we have, this is what we have in mind, and this is what we're doing. And out of 100 email, only five or six replied. But that was good enough, because those who replied, they were passionate about it, you know, and this is not something that you, that there, there are other ways where many people suggest you get the paid publicity, paid article. I said, no, 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 this is, I want to actually filter those who are really passionate, you know, and those who really believe in the, in the product that I'm selling. So, those journalists, when they published the story, when they uh, went to the editors, and then this is how the uh, coverage we receive. And then, you know, this is the very small and basic thing that every entrepreneur, you don't need a lot of budget. Uh, like if you hire a PR term or marketing, I mean, you they will uh, say, okay, minimum budget, you go with 50,000, one lakh, two lakh. But simple things you can do, you know, just as simple as just uh, finding the journalist who is covering your topic or your startup and then approaching them, this is a startup. And, Reaching to uh, 50,000 or lakh or two lakh, five lakh people, you cannot do it yourself. You need somebody who has influence and you have um, uh, that, that position of power, right? And yeah. I also want to like to add something that uh, the product itself is also very uh, important. Obviously, because yeah. The quality of product and the review which we received from our customer uh, on Amazon and from our own website on Instagram, Facebook, that's also count. Like, um, Actually, more, that is more important. More, you know, so yeah. first, uh, Forget, I mean, not forget everything I said, but the first part is focus on the product. I mean, if the product is good, I mean, word of mouth is still the best publicity, you know, even now. So uh, the the product obviously has to uh, uh, be what you say exactly it will be. Yeah. And and after that you uh, uh, can promote it, and then it's. I mean, the customer knows who uh, the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. So of course your product, and then putting yourself out there, uh, Mm -hmm. both of them. So tell me, Tirag and Hetal, you are, you know, your partners, your husband and wives, uh, you know, yeah. how do you guys divide the time? I do, I'm do. i sure it's not easy being partners in work, business and uh, personal life. See, uh, um, uh, we've known each other since we were five years old, you know. So, I mean, mm. uh, in terms of just getting to know each other from kindergarten, we've had the privilege of, you know, you know exactly. I know her personality. She knows my personality. And we both are very passionate about uh, what we do, you know. So, we also mm. understand that factor. And we actually love to enjoy, like, love to work together. So, so I mean, if we talk about the work and life balances, uh, I'll be honest, there is no such thing as, I mean, 
the work and life they're so uh, intertwined you know like we yeah. were, when we're going back when we well, I mean we come to the office in the same car she i mean once we are in the office she has her own role in terms of you know costing accounting and the operations uh, mine is more on the marketing and the product development and the raw material and r&d but uh, even during the day like you know during lunch dinner i mean there's always there's no fine line yes. that is okay this is work and this is uh, personal life i mean it's it's kind of come to a point where uh, it is what defines you know uh, I'm not really sure how to put it, but I think you get the point, right? It's, we we uh, can like we can we we have like our board meeting at any time, any time, any time. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a meeting. Uh, we're having dinner. Let's have a meeting. Let's, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how lovely. Okay, so yeah. of course you guys got married, and you know uh, she's the CA. You're an engineer, and you could have had a more cushy job, you know, and uh, life perhaps could have been slightly more on the other side. as they say you know with a lot more money but you guys decided to choose to run your own business uh what is your advice to people who are on jobs and want to you know do your start their own startup and uh, what is the kind of uh, life challenges that they might come sure, across sure. Yeah. see the the journey of entrepreneur is definitely it's not the easy path you know it's a uh, and the very first question uh, anybody uh, should ask before you know leaving the the comfort of a job or it is not going to be an easy journey and it, the it, the uh, vision should be bigger than money you know it's not just the uh, uh, getting the getting more paid or you know doing maybe less work and less amount of numbers or uh, less days of work but i think uh, if your vision you really passionate i think you do find a way you know it's i like uh, when working for uh, 12 to 15 or 16 hours you know as uh, in a startup is uh, you don't really get that tired if i was you know working even 8 hours at a mnc doing something that i'm not really too passionate about you know there was there was there was always a path a and path b but i think uh, you kind of uh, have to have enough passion to go outside the comfort zone even uh, you know it might or might not work there is a risk obviously you you'll have to take but uh, uh, my uh, only advice is you have to be very clear that if this is something that you feel you could do for at least next 5 to 10 years don't even start uh, don't even think about starting uh, or doing and you know, don't don't I, that's the first point you ask okay is it uh, just money or do you, i really love doing it i mean money will come obviously if and then i'm not saying completely uh, forget about it but passion will be the first uh, one and that is when you uh, don't feel like you're working too much you know because i mean there have been days where uh both me and hetal we we've been in the office for for straight you know 12 13 hours we even uh, get our lunch dinner here and the, but it, it doesn't feel like it's work you know so that is kind of you you first have to identify this is the really path do i want to take am i really passionate about it and then uh, uh, uh rest of it uh, doesn't really come into play i mean logic goes out of the window when the passion comes in you know and you so, have to be like mentally ready as well to take a big risk yes yes that's yeah. true as well i mean yeah. there there's no guarantee that it will succeed All or not pros and cons yeah every like a uh, decision and what about your like your your family or parents um, are they supportive in terms of <laughs> yeah, a job yeah i was surprised i mean i, I could tell you it uh, it was a surprise for them you know are the uh, Indi- like, indian why? parents ready for their kids having a startup <laughs> Uh, it's it's a, a very subjective question i think I, we can start a big uh, fight over this but uh, you know see i mean uh, all jokes aside you know it's uh, uh, most of it uh, even parents at the end of the day they want their kids to be successful That's right correct. so if they if you uh, see first you uh, even not just start up any project that you take in life you know first you have to convince yourself and first you have to be confident that yes i know it can work 
then you if if that you cannot convince then the, that is the first point of uh, action that you should take then you start you know talking to people that are close to you your friends your close family and then if the, they believe uh, uh, forget even if i mean support is one thing if they i mean you i can tell you something for sure that you should not expect everybody to believe in this in the vision and with the same passion as you are because obviously everybody is going through their own path and their own journey right so any uh, you you start talking to your family and friends and if they support you that's very good but if even if they don't support you if, if you really want to do it i i do feel that you should pursue it but uh, for in our case i mean uh, for my parents and uh, you know close family and friends, they were definitely there was a first move first reaction was a shock is like why uh, you know but then i mean you say okay this is something that i really feel like doing and there's a problem that needs to be addressed and the nobody's uh, really uh, have come up with a solution to you know uh, millions of tons of agro waste that there is biodegradable there is so much plastic waste and then this uh, in terms of market point of view there is a lot of uh, it makes sense logically that this is the direction in which we're going and so if you look at the indian market you know only one in six women are using pads there is 100 million women using pads right now there is 350 million potential women who would be using pads and with, you know so we have the uh, uh, ability and uh, uh, you know capacity to have a big impact in the market you know to actually introduce this new product and then you know uh, make sure this product is accessible and affordable for millions of hundreds of millions of women you know so uh, the, uh, from market point of view as well it does make sense and when you have uh, passion backing you up uh, you know i think people do get convinced so yeah. for for us it's uh, we're lucky that uh, there was not a lot of resistance that we had to face from internal family yes uh, going in the market there's another story but uh, uh, from friends and family we've, uh, they've been very supportive and um, you know how easy it is to function from surat because of course surat is not like on the metros and it's not here one yeah yeah it's a, so, you do feel uh, see it there is two so surat from when you look at from costing point of view you know yeah. you do get uh, many services that are uh, less expensive than if you let's say bombay or bangalore or you know uh, but uh, in terms of connectivity getting the right talent uh, it, mm. sometimes it's very difficult you know so mm. uh, so that is why when i mentioned you know once we have the first round that is closes we will have our presence in uh, mumbai so manufacturing base will be in surat but uh, for the marketing distribution and everything i think mumbai will be uh, uh, our first uh, base yeah it's ideal all right great conversing with you guys thank you so much hetal thank you so much chirag i think uh, it was you. a great conversation and i hope our audience thank benefits out of it thank you thank you very yeah. much I think the most important thing when you have a startup based out of a place like Surat which is like a small city almost like between a town and a city is reaching out to the right people and of course it has its own challenges as we have in our earlier episodes a startup in a small town but strategizing it right can solve a lot of problems uh, with the limited funds that the startup is working with All right guys catch us on all the podcasting platforms uh, you can also connect to us and tell us more about what you feel about the podcast so we can work around it and we can get you more stories and startups and innovations i'm your host Sachita signing off I'll see you guys soon